0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Self-Choose to Shit. I'm your host, Joshua Self. There's a lot to talk about. You know, this past week has been pretty, pretty crazy. Like, a lot's happened. We got some brand new information on Facebook that happened maybe two hours ago as of you recording this. Today being March 27th, 2019, 1.03 p.m., uh, before I get to that, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that happened over the past couple of days. One of the saddest things I've seen in quite a long time, this story about Alex Haynes from Toledo, Ohio, uh, who used to be a pastor. And he told this woman that he would take care of her daughter, and naturally, it goes from... He takes care of this daughter to now he's taking advantage of this woman. And this girl, like he's having sex with this girl, this underage uh, girl. And then to take it a step further, not only is he having sex with this girl, he encourages two other pastors to also have sex with this girl. Ohio, what the fuck are y'all doing? But the problem, the story gets even worse. As if that was possible. Like, it's bad enough that you have three grown men having sex with this underage girl being taken from apartment to hotel and you know being abused by these three men. After this girl found a way to contact some authorities and to uh, to tell her story, what was happening to her? Anthony Haynes' wife and his stepdaughter apparently kidnapped this girl at gunpoint, uh, choked her, threatening her like, "We're gonna kill you if you if you tell." And I don't even want to believe this is true. Like this is the kind of stuff that is better than TV. You can't make this up. The Alex Haynes right now, um, he's still on trial for the uh, child trafficking charge, but the other two pastors have already pled guilty and they're just waiting sentencing right now. So this whole scenario is um, somewhere between horrific and truly fucked up. And it's bothersome that um, his wife would su- basically support him in doing this terrible thing. Like she is more concerned about her status and her livelihood than the literal life of this young girl that effectively was in her charge. You know, like, even though the pastor said, I'll take this girl in because, you know, he and the wife live together. This girl is also under the care of his wife. So you take this young, innocent girl in and you decide to abuse her and either you're an active participant or you rather look the other way. The entire scenario is, is terrible and my, my heart goes out to the girl and her mother. Like, I hate that. Her mother was in a situation where she felt like she could not take care of her daughter for whatever reason, that reason is irrelevant. But that situation is terrible. So that whole church has dissolved since this news broke. And I also hate that for the members of that church because when, while it was first happening, there's a strong chance that most of them didn't know what was going on. And it's unfortunate that people in the church often don't have the type of discernment that they need in order to know who's doing what type of shit. And part of why you're in the church to begin with is because you lack that type of discernment. So for this guy to take advantage of this young girl and take advantage of the people who followed him uh, is terrible. So I want to speak really just to the Christians for a hot minute We are supposed to exemplify Christ in everything that we do. So when people on the outside see us, they see Christ. That's what's supposed to happen. So when we have someone who claims to be of Christ do this terrible thing, this horrific thing, it looks bad on everybody. We have people on the outside saying, why would I want to join an organization where their leader the person in charge of this thing, the person running things is out here raping little girls. Like, why would I want to join the organization? And to be honest with you, I don't blame anybody for saying something like that. While I will say that obviously one person is not representative of the whole, the problem is when it happens and Christians don't move fast enough to address the issue, it looks bad on everybody the people on the outside are just kind of like, I don't want to be a part of that, and it, it's hard to to blame them for that. You know, like we have to do better because when people see that, if they associate us with Christ, it looks bad on Christ too. Like that's not anything that Christ did, but it looks bad when the people who are following Him are doing these really fucked up things. I mean, look at things that. You know, say someone uses profanity, someone drinks alcohol, someone's having premarital sex—all these things are kind of like not really supposed to be Christian. But the problem is, raping little girls—that's not even worldly. Like most people out in the world don't do that kind of shit, and so it's like I'm already in the world. Like, why well, do I don't want to join this organization where, like, my kids might be at risk? If I if I send them to your church, you know, like what type of thing is going to happen to my family if I come join y'all? Like, they're not going to want to do that. So I'm going I'm to move on from Mr. Anthony Hayes. I, I hope you get the max penalty, whatever that is in Ohio. I hope you get all of it. You deserve that shit. Um, someone who apparently did not get what he deserved, though, uh, Mr. Justy Smollett. Most of the the police force in Chicago and even some of the, the prosecution felt like he was able to make some sort of backroom deal and circumvent the law. In case you are unaware, he's been the, the charges against Smollett have been dropped. The in case of the letter that was sent, that part is still pending, but everything else um has is gone. So he's out. And I guess that's good for him. Uh I don't know what's gonna happen to his career now. Like he's been exonerated, so it's like, I didn't do it, guys. See, I was telling the truth. But I think similar to OJ, it's like most people are kinda like, Yeah, you might have beaten the law, but we all know that you did that shit. So we'll we'll see what happens in the coming months and uh, if we people are able to like get past what happened if I mean will he be able to find work. I mean they already got rid of his character on the show, so will he, will he be able to come back? Who who knows? Um, but in Charlottesville last week there was um some more some more fuck shit. Like I don't know if you guys recall from a couple years ago the quote Tiki Torch riot and, you know, about the whole, like, white supremacy and all this thing. And when that happened, you know, Facebook decided to make some changes to the way it polices free speech. And, unfortunately, last weekend in Charlottesville, there were threats of ethnic cleansing. And the, the terrible part to me is that it's 2019. In 2019... In America, like, we're not talking about some random part of of Africa. We're not talking about, like, somewhere in the Middle East, you know, where we might think about this thing kind of happening. We're not talking about, like, parts of, like, Russia or something like that. You know, like, when I think ethnic cleansing, I'm thinking, like, Darfur, like, Yugoslavia, um you know, like Sudan, like areas over there, it's like, uh, they do that shit over there. We're talking about here in America, Charlottesville, uh, multiple schools closed Thursday and Friday because they're afraid of a possible shooting. They arrested one kid, but even the fact that they felt threatened enough to where we, we need... To close a school and we need to close multiple schools because we don't know where this attack might happen. Is that not sad? You know of the, of the things that we could think about in 2019 it's like oh so uh, our schools are gonna be closed because somebody might come in and shoot us? And when we send our kids to school we want them to be safe and so for them to not be safe in 2019, it's like, it's unacceptable. You know, I've been talking to, you know, my bad little vibe and, you know, about one day having kids and whether or not we should homeschool or some of the private school or the public school and Charlottesville and other instances are really making a bad case for, uh, for public schooling, you know, it's like it's just not safe sometimes. And I'm not really the type to buy into the the sky is falling or I just can't send my kids to school for fear of their life. But at the same time, you have to take these type of things into consideration when you decide, like, where do I want to allow my children to get their education? When my child, who would be black since I am, is fearful for his or her life because they're in a public school and there are people who don't like them because they're black. Like, that's terrible. And it's like, I don't even know if I want to bring a kid into that. You know, and the crazy part is that people always feel that, well, racism is dead or it's not that bad. And yet we, we have these examples that are clear that are recent, you know, this is not something that happened like 50 years ago. This is not something that happened last year. This is literally five days ago. Threat of ethnic cleansing. Come on, though. We we gotta do better. We we have to do better. So, in an effort to do better, Facebook has decided to um, step up their game, so to speak. This morning, Facebook announced that it's to ban white um, separatism and white nationalism. Originally when the Charlottesville News first hit a couple years ago Facebook decided to ban uh, white supremacy after the counter-protester Heather or something was killed. And they kind of left white nationalism and White separatism alone, because originally they felt like, every, like nationalist and separatist language was not always racist, and they've changed their mind since then. There have been several civil rights groups that have brought up, like, "Hey, if you actually look at this rhetoric, there's practically the same thing. Like, there's so much overlap, you know." And Facebook now is like, well, be, when you look at the language, the, the distinction can't really be made. Like it's basically the same thing. You know, the, These are all kind of like different aspects of the same type of organized hate. But I want to point out that Facebook's original uh, perspective on it is kind of the difference between like level zero racism and like level four racism. Like level zero is like I hate niggers, you know. Like let's go lynch them, that kind of thing. But level four is kind of like well, um, level zero is bad, but level two, which is kind of like uh, the separatists and the nationalism, is like well, it's not always racist, and that was their theme. They're like sometimes it is, but it's not always, so we don't want to ban it because it's kind of like. And, you know, we don't want to censor free speech, which I I get it. You don't want to take people's, like, freedom away. You don't want to be like, no, you can't say anything on our platform. But the problem is that if you're trying to make money, you can say, I only want to make money off of this particular group. Or you can say, I want to make money off of everybody. And if you want to truly make money off of everybody to be inclusive, you have to make it to where people feel safe in your space. And so in order to do that, it's like, well, we need to get rid of this whole white supremacy and it's other faces, which in this case, you know, nationalism and uh, separatists. So basically it's like, well, people put in this type of language. They uh, search for it. They'll be directed to a nonprofit organization called Life After Hate, which is you know, about trying to move past hate and you know, live a more productive life. Uh, this organization is apparently was founded by uh, ex-white separatists. Notes that they're still white, they're just not a uh, supremacist or whatever anymore. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think the first thing that people want to point out, though, is well, what about black separatists or what about the Basque movement? And Facebook has made certain provisions that um, will not include people just because they use like the term separatist or uh, nationalism. It's designed more to kind of get rid of certain hate groups, you know, as opposed to just someone who loves their country or whatever, or feels like their country uh, or actually other their country should you know succeed for the rest of it for whatever reason, and. Um, It's difficult to police, you know, so I'm not sure how it's really going to play out in the next, you know, six months or so, but I'm I'm sure that the overall community will benefit from it. There's always like a few people that feel like the white nationalism and uh, white separatists are not racist. There's a few of them that feel that way, but the vast majority of people are kind of like, eh, we don't really want this. Like, they're basically just trying to change their words a little bit. You know, they're saying things like, I'm not racist, I'm nationalist. It's kind of like, eh. Like, if you don't want people of a different color in your country, that's racist. Like, how are you going to put it, you know? um, that's, that's the whole issue right there. It's just like, we don't want you guys around us. Um, unless you get paid to play basketball or something, you know so it's uh it's interesting stuff, you know, and over in europe you've got this other crazy thing where um they've basically trying to get to where uh content providers things like uh like youtube and and that sort of thing, will be forced to uh have upload filters to where any, like, image or type of rhetoric or whatever uh, has to go through the filter, and if it's, like, a copyrighted image, then it gets blocked. And a lot of people feel like this uh, is, like, a meme ban because basically memes are just pictures that are all copyrighted, you know, from movies or a TV show or whatever. Um, And so it's like, well, the... The counterpoint to that is that, well, memes fall under parodies, which are allowed. But the, the question is whether or not an upload filter will be able to really decipher that, you know? So we'll see in the, the next few months if um, Europe decides to change the way its internet works, you know, whether it's for the good or for the bad. I think that trying to protect copyrights in a vacuum is a very good idea, but no one looks at a meme and says, "Oh, that's that's copyrighted." And I would rather allow the general public to um, use whatever pictures and whatnot that it has than be very, very restrictive over who is allowed to use a particular picture. And the reason I say it is because the internet. Even though it's been around for a while, it's still not like a book or, you know, movies or something like that that have been around for several decades, you know? Um, Like, those kind of things have been around for at least, like, 100 years, but the internet is still kind of new. You know, the internet's like an adolescent now. You know, it's it's past its infancy, but it's still really not grown. Like, we, we have no idea what it's really capable of, really. Like, we've seen things that happened in the past 10 years that we had no idea about, you know? Um, in terms of connecting gaming and we have, like, TV streaming, like, all these things have, like, changed the way we look at, say, cable. You know, once upon a time, like, if you didn't have cable, it's like, what did you have? Dish, maybe? But um, the internet came along, and for a long time we had internet yeah, cable or a dish. Um, you had DVDs, and then someone else was kind of like, "Well, what if we just watch things online?" It's like, "What? Like, what, what? What is that about?" You know. And so, when we started having streaming services, it's like, "Well, you know, the advent of the internet has changed the way we look at a lot of, you know, distribution models and whatnot." Um, we look at sites like Amazon that are able to. Uh, streamlined so much because of the power of the internet and I I think we're having even scratched the surface of what is really going to be capable with the the advent of the internet and um, we we don't like people look at the internet as available to anyone like I can uh, take a picture I can download something um, you know all willy nilly with no consequence I think trying to stop people from doing that is futile. Like there's our efforts are better served on something else. Like let people uh, post whatever they want to within reason, you know, Um, that's that's just how I feel like I I don't even want to live in a world where I can't scroll through Facebook or Twitter and see, you know, a hundred different memes about the same thing. Like who, who wants to live in that kind of world? I don't know who started memes, but memes are great. I feel like the person who started it probably should have copyrighted. Then it would have been a totally different thing. But they didn't, it's their fault. It sucks for them. But uh I appreciate your contribution to our current society. Thank you. Um we would not be where we are today without you, sir, or ma'am. Um, or kids. kid. It's probably a kid. I I can't imagine like an adult starting that thing. probably some like five-year-old kid in this kind of hee hee hee. Shark do do do. So um, that's, that's about all I got for you guys this week. Uh, thanks for sticking around and listening to me talk random shit about stuff. I appreciate everything. My girlfriend's uh, birthday is this coming weekend, so I'm excited about that. And I'll let you guys know how it goes. Uh, thanks for sticking with me. You guys have a good weekend.